<clears throat> so the last couple of weeks prior to me kind of uh, taking a, a two-week hiatus, uh, we were um, kind of walking through systematic theology. We were particularly talking about death in the intermediate state, um, kind of exploring that. One particular thing that I just want to draw our minds back to when we were when we were discussing death is uh, how death provides kind of this backdrop or this um, reality that this life is going to be short-lived. Whether you live a hundred years, whether you know we were to be you know like the generation that like unlocks some like crazy ability for longer life, right? Like. Ultimately, there is no avoiding the reality of death. And as such, that should shape uh, the way that we address each and every day. There should, be a, uh, there should be a sense of urgency in us about each and every day and about the lives that we live each and every day because ultimately we know that this life will end and the labors of this life will end. Um, and we will stand before uh, the judge of judges, the king of kings. We will stand before God himself giving account for uh, the lives that we live. Now, we, we are certain that in all those places that we have failed, all those places that we have fallen, that, uh, that our Savior is more than sufficient for those, right? And that in everything that we did good along the way, that we will not be able to escape the reality that it is ultimately because of him. Okay? Um, but we know that this life will end. Um, and that shapes the way that we should shape the way that we approach uh, each day of our lives. And uh, as we kind of dig into to this new idea here today, which is not a new idea for us. We've talked about this many times uh, in the past, but kind of the next section uh, as we go through the systematic theology study here and we get to this idea of glorification. Um, one of the things that I want us to reflect on as we consider this hope that we have for uh, the resurrection, uh, this hope that we have for sharing in the glory of, of God, like that it would be an anchor for our souls as we walk day to day. Uh, how many of you had a perfect week this past week? How many, so nobody, <laughs> I was going to say, how many of you did everything line up perfectly for? <laughs> I thought at least one person might have had that perfect week. Man, nobody, okay, okay. No one had a perfect week, right? Did anybody struggle in a deep way this week? Yeah? Um, did, any fi did anybody find this week throwing things at them that were unexpected? Would anybody go so far as to say this week they found themselves suffering? Yeah. Is there something that we can look to? I mean, this is we we know the answer, right? But when you're in your when you're in that moment, 
right? Maybe sometime this past week, perhaps there's something coming for you this week that you're unaware of, right? Um, when that moment comes, will rejoicing be an impossibility for you? I want you to think about this. I want you to consider it. When that moment comes, will it be an impossibility for you to rejoice even in the midst of that suffering? Now, we're in church, right? And the the answer that we ought to give there is no because of Jesus, right? Like, because even in my darkest, deepest pit, um, where can I go from your presence, O Lord? Right? Like, it may not come at that particular moment, but it's going to really come. Sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. 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 It might take a little while, but you know that it's there. Like, in the back yeah. of your mind, you still know that, but it's like yeah. in that moment, still, it's just like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jesus did the same thing. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. our yeah. belief is real. That's what I usually try to tell I mean, myself. <laughs> you know, it's real. Yeah. And we grieve, but not as the world grieves. And I think it's what. It's yeah. There. It's like an anchor, as yes. Hebrews says, anchor for my soul. Yeah. That that even in the dark, those moments when you're, you know, scared of your greatest fear, actually is right before your eyes. You can just like it's still there's an yeah. anchor that holds you steadfast, and it's not like you're not going. Oh, nothing's happening around yeah. here. You're really in grief. Yeah. You're really in the pit. But God is so real there in the in the fire. And perhaps, perhaps. I can't believe He's holding me so close. Yeah. Even though I'm hurting so bad. Can I want to ask you another kind of question here? How many of you? Don't raise your hands. How many of you have ever had what might be your perfect week, but in the middle of your perfect week, you still feel like you feel on the in the in the the depths of your worst week is that a possibility can can we can everything be going in the right direction and our souls feel drained empty Yeah. And when when things are going wrong outside, and we can point to external factors that affect our emotion or our consideration of the things around us, I would venture to guess that it's easier then to hold fast to that hope than it is when you look around you and ask yourself the question, why do I feel so miserable when everything around me is so good? That's suffering. And the hope that you have for when the world seems against you 
is the same hope that you have when your flesh is against you. Does that does that make sense? Okay. The hope that you have when the world seems against you. That hope that you hold to is the same hope that you hold to when your flesh is against you. Right? Yes. But the same hope. And we I think sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes like our internal suffering we separate from suffering that's applied to us, right? But that same hope that you would apply, that you would draw to when the world's pressing in on you is the same hope that you ought to cling to when it's you doing the oppression, right? When it's that flesh that still remains. You have a hope ahead of you for freedom from both the external and internal conflicts, sufferings. This is an ultimate hope. All right, so today we're going to be talking about it's a whole lot of suffering talk. I apologize for for what is in fact uh, a, a conversation about the hope that we have for glorification in the work of Christ. So um, I'm going to go from Grudem's definition here. I think it's a pretty good a pretty good definition. Um, so glorification is the final step in the application of redemption. It will happen when Christ returns and raises from the dead the bodies of all believers for all time who have died and reunites them with their souls and changes the bodies of all believers who remain alive, thereby giving all believers at the same time perfect resurrection bodies like his own. Okay, and I've said this, I've said this countless times. I can't even recall how many times that I've said this. That we tend to have this vision of our hope. I'm an air quote hope as something lesser than what our hope actually is. What do I mean by that? We imagine heaven in our greatest imaginations of heaven somehow fall short of what we experience in a day-to-day life, even though we've all just admitted that our weeks weren't perfect. How could that be? How could our imaginations for our hope fall short of what we expect for this week? I don't think that we grasp the hope that we have. Right? I don't think that we grasp it. I don't think I think that we see Jesus and we see his resurrection and we see all that he did prior to ascending and we think that this is somehow an anomaly that is not going to apply to us. But our hope, if you want to see the clearest vision that scripture gives us of our hope, look at Jesus after the resurrection. Now we've done this before. And what we see is that it looks very normal in a lot of ways, right? He's eating, he's conversing, he's teaching, right? 
He's hanging out with his friends. Look at Jesus after the resurrection and use that to shape the way that you think about the hope that you have in the one who was raised. All right. So I'm going to go now to Romans chapter 5. Give me a moment to get there. Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at chapter 5, verse 2 through 5. And we're going to look here. We're looking for a pattern. This is not where we're staying for the day. But I want you to see a pattern in this text that we'll then take and apply when, we're, when we go over into Romans chapter 8 here in a bit. So look for this pattern here. So Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace which, in which we stand. This is, this is, we're currently standing in this grace. And we rejoice in what? What does the text say here? We rejoice in... Now what is hope? What is hope? Is it... It's not a wish. It's not a wish. It's an anticipation. It's an anticipation. It is a substance. Right? Like, we have faith in this thing that is real. Our hope... If we place... The significance of our faith, the significance of our hope is not in the power with which it emanates from us. Otherwise, like mustard seeds wouldn't be the things that faith was compared to. Mountains would be, right? It's not the size of the thing within you. So you're in that moment. Trials are coming. Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I believe. My, my faith needs sanctification. My faith needs it. Your faith needs sanctification. Your faith is not perfect and complete, but it will be. Your hope, if it were in your ability to hope for it, if it were in your unwavering nature to hope, then we would probably have much to worry about. But that substance of our hope is a person, the person Jesus Christ, and that is why our hope, and in that hope, we can rejoice. Because your, your hope may need some sanctification. Right? If your faith needs sanctification... Your hope may need to be sanctified. You may not you may have you may be one of little faith and little hope. Who do you hope in? And he allows the trials to come. And in those trials he trains you. And in those trials he teaches you. In those trials, He gives you 
an understanding. He gives you like this, like in your suffering, that thing that you would cast off at a moment's notice if you could, that thing gives you insight into the greatness of the glory of God. The greatness of the hope that you have. We're going to see that in a bit when we go over to Romans chapter 8. Okay? But hold on to that. Because your tendency is going to be when you're in that moment of struggle and trial, your greatest desire is relief. Right? Your greatest desire is that moment pass. Am I wrong about that? But God is more wise than we. Do you hear me? Perhaps He's leaving us in the fire a bit longer to purify us by it. And while we're there, and it feels like the good things are melting away, your hope ought to be anchored in this future reality that He has told us about. Because He is faithful to bring it to completion. We rejoice, chapter 5 of Romans, verse 2, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. So where's your what's the first thing that we're hoping in here? We're hoping in the glory of God. Verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing, do you know that I want you if you don't know, if you don't know Link this as, a, as knowledge in your brain right now. Because we ought to know. Now, when trials come, whether they're external or internal, when that suffering presses in on us, there is going to be a tendency for us not to think clearly. We don't do well under pressure. We don't. We don't. So we need. this needs to be a pattern that's so ingrained in us. So, uh, an analogy, okay? I don't know, maybe this is not an analogy, maybe this is just, take it, take it as it is. So, I, I enjoy watching the sport of mixed martial arts, okay? Um, and if you watch it for long enough, what you, what you realize is, is that it's probably one of the most intense sports as far as like pressure on an individual goes. And oftentimes, what happens when that moment comes, where it's like, there's a couple of ways that this thing ends. Either we stall until the timer runs out, or somebody quits, or somebody is made to quit, right? So what happens in those high-stakes situations, you run on instinct, right? Like, you will hear interviews of fighters after the fight that they're like, I'm going to have to go watch the fight to see what happened. Because their brain goes on autopilot. So what matters when you go on autopilot? For a fighter, it's the techniques that they've trained again and again and again and again and again so that they don't have to think about it, that it's a pattern that just goes in when everything else goes out the door. 
right? We, when we face pressure, wonder why we fall apart so easily while we train not even in the least little bit. We're at war, and yet we act like we are civilians, right? That's the pattern that we, that we tend to follow. We don't train. Civilians don't train. We ought to be training, right? So as part of that, you need to train in the Word of God. Read this a hundred times. And then read it a hundred more. And then read it a hundred more. And then read it a hundred more. Until when pressure comes, when suffering comes, knowing comes out of your mind. I know that. Suffering produces endurance. Has any of you ever run? Dustin has run. Has any of you ever run for long distances? Has has any of you ever done any activity... You chase one. <laughs> and you realize that when pressure comes, also endurance tends to go out the window as well, right? <laughs> you're going to run really quick for like 15 yards, and then you're going to be so exhausted. <laughs> My legs feel like lead right now, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> we need to train. We need to train, right? So knowing that suffering produces endurance... Is important for you. As a believer, do you know? You know this. When the pressure's not on, you know this. Okay? When 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 either the external or internal pressures are 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 light for a moment, you know this to be true. You know that the things that you've endured in the past have better prepared you for the things that you will endure in the future. You know that when the pressure's off, right? You know that. We all know that when the pressure's off. When the pressure comes on, what happens, though? When that pressure's applied, what happens? We forget about it. We forget about it. Here's Here's a thing. God in His wisdom understands that we would not seek to be purified in the ways that he purifies us, right? He calls he calls Saul, renames him Paul, and in his calling, he's like, I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my name. Like he, He's calling him into suffering. Now, do you think that the first shipwreck was easy? I don't imagine the second one... <laughs> was either but I can I can push forward in my mind I can take and extrapolate forward and imagine that when you've been through a couple there's going to be a time where it's like the last one was worse than this right I've got a plank to float on this time (laughs) Not in a day, <laughs> right? Like I can imagine that with trials coming in time, us keeping our eyes fixed, our hope in that in time we will build endurance. We will because he will be faithful in those trials. 
He will remind us in them. He will show us in them. The God who called you keeps you. And He will finish this work. He will finish this work. Know it. Know it. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces what? What does endurance produce? So suffering presses in. We endure. He walks alongside us, carries us through. We endure. What does it produce? Endurance. As that endurance presses in, right? More trials come. More suffering comes. Some internal, some external. In time, what does that do in you? It produces character. It produces character. He is, in this life, working to conform you into the image of Christ. Ultimately, we can hope that that will one day be complete and whole when He glorifies us and gives us bodies as we could see in Christ. Right? But for now, He's working. He's, he's given us this hope for His glory that anchors our soul in the darkest of moments and He allows these these trials, these storms, this suffering to come because He is working through it. He is working through it. We would cast it off quickly, but He is masterful in shaping us. Masterful in shaping us. If you're in a moment today, if you find yourself in a moment today, Know that. He loves you. He cares for you. He is not seeking to destroy you by this. He is shaping you. He is conforming you. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces what? What does character produce? Hope. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We started with hope here. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. This is a virtuous cycle here. It sounds like the fruit of the Spirit. It's like the word produced reminds yes. me of my gardening. Yes. Yeah. of growth that produces the fruit that, I mean, it's painful. Yeah. Just like gardening is painful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that process, but then it, that, that production of that fruit, it didn't come from my work, but cross work in the suffering, it became fruit. Yeah. And he produces hope in you. So, your hope needs sanctification. When we look at this, how does that sanctification come? Do you feel like, have you ever felt like, if this goes on for a moment longer, I will lose hope? If this, if this continues for a moment longer, I will lose hope. Do you know who knows 
your, ex- your extremities? Do you know who knows that thing that would be too far for you? The one who's shaping you. The one who's forming you. But he lived on one month, and I still remember the wife, pastor's wife, said, "You know, Lord, if you will not, that's that's the hope in you. If he's not saved, I'm not going to worship you. I will stop worshiping you if you will not save my son." So I remember the Lord took that son away, um, and she came back and she repented. She said, "I'm so sorry. I did not realize that the hope we have in the Lord is." much uh, more than what we live in this world. Yes. So you just reminded me the story because I work with them almost every day. It's difficult when you, you come to the moment yeah. and you start losing hope. Yeah. But he knows us. And, and ultimately, like a source of hope for me ultimately in this is knowing that he knows my limits, that, that he will push me to them at times. Right? Not all. Like, he is. Maybe. I can't say that he wouldn't. I can't say that he wouldn't for a whole life because look at Paul. Right? So, like, it's quite possible that our entire life could be filled with struggle after struggle after struggle. Then I reflect on it even more, and I think um, when Paul boasts in his sufferings, no doubt there there were moments in between of reprieve. Moments of, like, Rest for a minute before the next shipwreck happens, right? Like, surely he had to at least get on shore to get to the next boat that's going to, you know. So. While he was on the shore, he got beat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And this is like, when he opens this up, um, verse 2, through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace. So we hold, we hold strong to that, right? So he's producing this hope in us. This hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And the Holy Spirit takes this and he uses it and he refines us. He shapes us. He molds us. Um, we've got just about five minutes before uh, worship starts. So I'm going to... I'm going to hold off and we'll kind of stop here. Next week we'll pick up in Romans chapter 8. We'll be looking at verses 16 through 25 and then we'll jump down to 28 through 30. Um, I want you to keep in mind this week as you consider this, um, this, this cycle, this virtuous cycle here. We begin with hope, we end with more hope. Right? Like we hope in this glory and then we endure suffering. This produces endurance. And this endurance produces character. This character ultimately produces more hope within us. And this cycle continues, right? You will, if you live a life long enough, and I've seen it, I've seen it in people, right? I'm not going to name any names today, but um, I've experienced life with people who've endured more suffering than a lifetime ought to allot 
to an individual. And their character is... They, they will have many crowns on the day of His return. They are 